I am thrilled to announce that An Actor Despairs is partnering with a wonderful CBD company called Kind Farms. Everyone out there has heard of CBD. I started taking it a few years ago when I first started getting sober and to help with my anxiety. Sadly, as one can do, I was overtraining in the gym, and a friend recommended a topical and a tincture to help with the pain. I tried it. It was okay. However, recently, I was introduced to a product that has really changed my life. Not only has it helped me with anxiety, but I am stronger than I have ever been. I'm able to carry out lifts my body used to prevent me from doing. Kind Farm products have single-handedly changed my life athletically and personally. They utilize 100% local licensed farmers, organic cultivation, and CO2 extraction for superior CBD. Kind Farms is turning CBD to a kind alternative to pharmaceuticals. Let's transform tobacco row into hemp row. If you want to get involved, please reach out. Together, we can make a difference. You can use my code RYAN10 for 10% off. You can find them on Instagram at KindFarmsInc, all one word. That's K-I-N-D-P-H-A-R-M-S-I-N-C. And their website is KindFarmsInc.com. Once again, my code for 10% off is RYAN10. And now, let's get started with today's show. Welcome to An Actor Despairs. I'm your host, Ryan Perez. Today on An Actor Despairs, it's so hard to believe we celebrate 150 episodes. Today's guest is Wallace Day, and I'm so grateful to have her on. She's incredible. She's got a new movie called Infinite coming out, but you've seen her in other things like Krypton, and she's taken over Batwoman. I got so much love for her. It was such a fun convo. Wallace, to be continued, so much love. And guys, thank you, everyone, for your support. Please rate, review, comment, subscribe, tell a friend. All right, guys, I love you. Wallace Day, welcome to An Actor Despairs. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing so good and, and better now that you're here. It's 150 episodes today. And from the bottom of my heart, thank you for coming on on this very special occasion. And it means so much to me. Thank you so much for having me for your 150th app. It's amazing. And congratulations. Oh, yeah, I'm a big fan of yours. Uh, I, was, I was just telling you, I was looking on your Instagram before. We got a lot of mutual friends. And I see you're a fitness guru, which has kind of been my thing for the past five years. So I'm, I'm so excited to talk to you. And also, you were like almost an Olympian, right? <laughs> I feel like this keeps coming up recently, and I don't know why. But yes. <laughs> That's amazing. I love that. That's so radical. And, you know, we're infinite's coming out and you got Batwoman and, you know, Krypton. You, you doubt you pretty much been through the DC comic universe at this point. <laughs> we're going to get you uh, a Marvel movie next. But if it's cool with you, let's start from the beginning. So you grew up in England, right? Yeah, I was born in London and grew up in England. I lived in various places, but mainly London. And how was that experience? Are your parents artists? It was great, yeah. My parents aren't artists, but they're both very creative people. Um, and I've always kind of just been like hung around with creative circles and had that energy around me, so. That's amazing. And, and growing up, you know, like obviously living in London, there's the West End and there's so much incredible theater. Like talk to me about your relationship to the arts. How did that kind of develop? 
Yeah, I think I was looking for an outlet to just channel some energy. Like I just had so much energy and I needed a, a positive outlet for it. And I think it was my grandma actually that suggested to my mom, why don't you take her to a drama class? And I think when I started going to acting lessons, it was the first time I started behaving in every other area in my life. And my parents are like, this is great. And then I just oh, carried nice. it. <laughs> That's so yeah. beautiful. So they were supportive. Yeah, they've always been super supportive. I've been very fortunate with that. That's amazing. I love that. And and did, as a child, were you ever, you know, because like, I don't know what you guys call them in England. We call them field trips here where you go with your school to like see stuff. Did you yeah. ever go see like plays in the West End? Yeah, we did actually. And every, I think every single birthday present I've had for the last 10 years from my parents has been tickets to the West End. Oh, no way. That's awesome. Yeah, cool. Dude, I love your parents. We got to get them on the show. That's awesome. Um, so talk to me, you know, where did the, uh, you started doing acting, where did the casual into the like, I really am really interested in this thing and I want to, I want to keep digging into it. Yeah, like I said, I, it channeled uh, energy for me when I was younger. I had a lot of energy and uh, and it kind of got misplaced. Um, and so I was just a lot happier with acting in my life. And I didn't realize that you could do it for a job. I didn't never realize. Um, I thought it was just a hobby. And then when I started getting into my teenage years, it just became more prevalent in my life. And um, I realized that actually my life without acting was a lot less fun, let's say. Was there, was there a hiatus you had to do for sports or? Um, did I ever stop acting? Yeah, you said that like you realized like you had to take a break or something. Yeah, I think it was hard to balance acting with school. And the more I wanted to do it, um, the less education I wanted to do. Yeah. <laughs> and I was doing, we have GCSEs in the UK where they happen kind of when you're 15 and 16 and they take up a lot of your time. Um, and I was doing a lot less acting in that time and I just became just like not as happy as I normally am. And I was like, oh, I've got to do this. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing. And and you you did some modeling as well when you were younger, right? Yeah, I did. Was that yeah. your your first agent, so to speak? Yeah, I I had a newspaper round and I was earning like. <laughs> you were you were a newsie. <laughs> That's so awesome! I would kill to see footage of that. <laughs> I was so grumpy, honestly. I was like a teenager, and I would wear like UGG boots, and it was like and a pinky blinder hat. I hope. <laughs> I had like a fluorescent jacket, lugging all these newspapers around my streets and my neighbors. I was so angry doing it. My dad used to like just take the mickey out of me and take pictures and just laugh at me. And I realized I could make more money modeling. So I just did that. Yeah, totally. That's awesome. And, <laughs> you know, obviously I know, you know, we spoke about Will Peltz, my friend, you yeah. know, getting into modeling. It's, it's, it's such a, it's such a chaotic and crazy business, you know, was, was that experience good for you? Because I know it's not always the most positive, you know, I know things are maybe getting better or not now, but you know, it can be pretty brutal. It was pretty brutal. And I was the youngest in my agency for three years. I was with Models One um, and I was the baby. I, I actually joined when I was 13. Wow. Um, and the next youngest was 16. So I think, although I had to be chaperoned everywhere by one of my agents, and although they looked after me, 
it's such a brutal industry that it, it was so up and down and there were lots of good sides and lots of bad sides. But in the end, I just decided that it wasn't, it wasn't for me. Were they able to at least like get you commercials for like acting, you know, were you doing that or was it mainly stills? Uh, it was mainly stills and like a lot of photography campaigns. And I, I did say to them that I wanted an acting agent, but, and to be honest, the whole reason that I even wanted to get into it was because I wanted to make pocket money so that I could be able to to my drama lessons and then save up for drama school. And that was, that was always my motive behind it. Um, but they, no one in the industry at that time was very supportive of cross crossing industries. So the fact that I wanted to be an actor wasn't taken that seriously. It's, it's different now. You can be, yeah. you know, a comedian, an actor and what, like, you can do it all now, but you know, 10 years ago. Well, yeah. Well, it, it was very binary. It was black or white, you know, and, and, that's that's so tough. Um, you know, obviously growing up in England, you know, there I think the drama school, you know, it, it's so rooted in, in Elizabethan roots. And and I, I had an actor on talk about how he didn't go to drama school and how much he wasn't taken seriously because of that and how long it took. You know, I'm curious for you, was was the drama school something you always wanted to do? Yeah. It- <sighs> It, it wasn't, but then you're right. There's this whole stigma about not being a serious actor or actress if you don't go to drama school. And I had saved up the money to go and I wanted to go, but just before um, I came of age, I kind of started working already. And then it was only when I came out of my first job and I was like, I'm such a student of the universe. I, I love learning like new languages and instruments and always learning. And, and I knew I could keep learning acting, which made me want to go to drama school even more. Yeah. So I went, I went for three years and... Which one, if, we, if you don't mind? I went to Art Set, but I never graduated. I actually, I, I got kicked out six weeks before the end. What? But, uh, oh, yeah. I'm going to have words with them after this. <laughs> it wasn't them they were great it was the board of education yeah oh always is but uh <laughs> that's crazy well well talk to me you know obviously you know it, I, i'm sorry it didn't end on you know the greatest terms but the earlier ride how was it did you know i i, I went to drama school at nyu and i hated it and i i like things so i know it can be such an intense experience especially because you're so young and you don't realize how young you are yeah, and you're suddenly in this group of people who have so much creative energy and and it it creates such a safe space for it to blossom. And sometimes it's the first time you've actually had that safe place to, you know, indulge. And and it is intense, you're right. Like even every class is intense. Even like the breath work that you do is so intense at drama school, but you learn so much. And whenever I have people ask me for acting advice, I always suggest to go to drama school because even though you don't have to, I, by the way, have never been asked in an audition if I've been to drama school. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but it's great because it just teaches you like the basics and, and yeah. And, and, and you mentioned you started working. So was it difficult for you to be in drama school and maybe getting auditions at the same time? Because where I went to school, they didn't let you go to auditions, even though we all did anyway. Yeah, well, that's why I got kicked out. <laughs> oh, okay. Really? Yeah. Classic. That's so funny. When I first, um, at my audition, they knew I was signed with UTA and they were like, well, we need you to promise that you're not going to um, go to auditions and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I promise, whatever. Yeah. Um, I went anyway and then I just carried on booking jobs. And that's why the teachers there were so amazing because they would work with me after hours and weekends and I was always catching up and doing my work when I was on set. But 
it, like I said, it was the board of education. Like I just missed too many days and I yeah. couldn't. Go yeah. I, I dealt with something similar, but I didn't book anything. So that's <laughs> awesome that you did. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm so curious, you know, because like one of the reoccurring things I like to talk about on this podcast is is finding your voice. And do you, Wallace, feel like you found it at drama school or did you not start finding it until you worked more? You know, talk to me about your journey. Yeah, I, I in so many ways, I still don't feel like I found it. I feel like we're just ever-growing beings and, you know, we're, we're always changing. And, my, you know, my opinions change on a monthly, yearly basis, like quite often. I think the more I try and go through life open-minded, I've always been like that. And I feel like that opens up the possibility to, you know, being influenced from so many different, you know, ways and cultures and different periods of your life that like you just look back and in hindsight, you see things in a completely different perspective. So I feel like even though I found, I found my voice very young and sometimes that was to my detriment, but I still feel like I'm not set on that right now and I'm still learning, you know? Yeah. I think it's, it is a never ending journey and that's so beautifully put, you know, talk to me because I feel like in America versus the UK, America in entertainment mythologizes its working class and the UK mythologizes the aristocracy. And obviously you're very beautiful inside and out. Were you getting a lot of like period piece auditions? Yeah, I was. You know what? I'll be honest with you. (laughs) I'll be honest with you. I actually haven't, I work less in the UK than I do in the US because- Really? Yeah, I, I I always get told that I'm too American, which is very weird. <laughs> I don't know why. Because when I'm here, I get told I'm very like English rose. And then when I'm there, I get told I'm very American. So it fa- it took a long time for me to find that balance. But yeah, like the last five jobs I've done, have, I've just all been American. Yeah. Yeah. What, what about something like, you know, the Royals and some of your earlier work, you know, was that... Was that a, a fun experience for you getting to do those kind of pieces? And, and you know, yeah, that film, I mean, talk to me about working in the UK. How, how was that in your early days? Working in the UK is amazing because you're not sacrificing time with your friends and family. Um, and obviously, I think the, the more you mature, the more you realize how important and limited that time is. Um, so I really appreciate, especially if something's filmed in London, cause you can just stay in, you know, your home yeah. where your roots are. And, and, you know, sometimes I am a home bug and I do like being in London. Um, but yeah, filming, filming anything, I think in your hometown is, is just such an incredible experience because some, even filming exterior shots are on location. It would have been places, you know, I, my dad would have taken me as a child or like, I would remember throwing, I know that this sounds like a weird example, but I actually had this. I remember I used to um, throw bread to the ducks with my granddad into this yeah. pond. And then I was shooting that like 15 years later and it was just a very surreal experience. So yeah, it's always nice. That's incredible. And, and, and talk, if you, it's cool, like talk to me about the fitness thing. Cause I know you're like a swimmer, Muay Thai, you're, you're a badass <laughs> motherfucker. I love it. Like, was that something that was, were hobbies that kind of, also just got very serious or was that something that you were also while I'm acting I want to be an athlete yeah yeah the athlete definitely came first I've always been a water baby I just love being in the water I feel very relaxed when I'm in you know the ocean or wherever really um and 
And like I said, I just had so much energy and I still do, but I had so much energy when I was younger that I needed to channel it. And uh, acting became a very like mind, um, like it was more of a mental um, place for me to, you know, channel my energy. But sports for me was like a very physical place for me to channel my energy. So they kind of just, even though they don't really come hand in hand, or they didn't when I was younger, they kind of did at the time. And yeah, I did all sports, but the one that I did the most competitively was was swimming. Um, and you were almost going to go to to the London Games, right? At the last minute, you didn't. Yeah, I trained for London 2012. We did um, uh, like the Team GB Rising Stars, and I trained. My coach was actually um, a Chinese uh, a Chinese Olympian. Um, I think her name was Jenny Lee. But um, my stroke was 200 fly, and she had done fly for. Um, oh, you're you butterfly? No way. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's the hardest I, one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I didn't say that, but it just, I just, yeah. Anyway, I loved it. Um, so yeah, I trained, I trained for so long, honestly, like most of my life, and then, and then it got to a point where I, I was training for five hours every single day, so before school and after school, every day, and. And while acting as well no 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 this oh, is when okay. it wasn't as like serious in my life it was more of like a weekend hobby like Got I was it. quite at this point um but yeah it just became and like all the physio around it and the mental stuff and it just became very competitive and I felt like a, there was a lot of pressure on me from all angles and it just it it, it wasn't what it used to be to me and yeah. I realized on my own you know personal well-being I I had to take a step back and it was really hard because you put in so many hours as an athlete and I knew I felt so guilty for so long because I knew that if I just took a week off I would be a month behind my peers and then it turned into two weeks and and I knew the point that I knew when the point was where I wouldn't be able to compete for the 2012 Olympics anymore and I and it like it was very emotional for me yeah. um, to, to, to make that decision. But I'm glad that I made it because now sports for me and swimming especially is still something that I enjoy and I can do forever casually. Yeah, Whereas, it's, it's, it, it, you associate it with positivity versus exactly. all, I, I totally identify with that. <laughs> you know, the competitive side of sports can be really toxic, you know, it, it, it can, that's incredible though. And, and so when you, that ended and you didn't do that all of a sudden you now have all this energy did that go directly into booking work and auditioning and channeling it into your acting career yeah it, yeah I think so it, it actually took me a couple of years to kind of get my grounding again because it swimming was such um like a routine like just a part of my routine that I suddenly had all this free time and energy and I didn't really know what to do with it and I was a teenager at this point so I just went out and did teenage stuff. And then it was only kind of a bit later on. I was like, okay, I need, I need that again. But also I wanted something that like as an athlete, you put in what 10,000 hours for a 30 second race. And, and if you're having a bad day, that's it. Like that's yeah. it. And, and I wanted something that, you know, wasn't just going to be for that tiny amount of time. I needed something more longevity that I enjoyed for me. Yeah. And acting just came so naturally for me at that time. That's beautiful. And, and and talk to me, you know, planning for your career, because obviously I've I've had a lot of British actors on and, 
they're very much happy doing, you know, the West End and, and, and their period pieces in the UK and don't really care about coming to America. And then some absolutely that's like their dream. Where What was your relationship to your journey and, and perhaps coming to the States? Was that something that was planned or that just sort of happened? It was never planned. It never was. Um, and it actually took me a long time to kind of find my footing and the confidence to do that. Um, but I just, as I got older, as I got older, like my late teens, I realized that the British industry didn't provide the kind of roles I wanted to do as much as the American market did. Yeah. Um, and I realized that all the, all the actors that I looked up to or wanted to have careers, like had had very American based, um, America based careers. Um, and I just, I didn't know what else to do. I have no one in my family who's, who's in the industry or could have really. Either. Yeah. So I just kind of followed their footsteps and, and hope for the best. That's a, that's incredible moment. I mean, that I really appreciate that. Did you, I mean, kind of not to make it too like hallmarky, but did you pack a suitcase and, and move to LA? Is that how it went down? You know, like talk to me. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. You can go with that one. <laughs> okay. Um, no, it's actually a funny story. So, so in a nutshell, I, I've kind of always looked at, I've always looked up to um, actresses like Angelina Jolie, just because they do such badass roles that I yeah. love. Um, and it was simply a case of, I felt very limited. Like I felt like there was a limit and that there was a roof above my head in the UK and that. Being the girl next door or, you know, the, like the, the, the cliche I roles. That, that girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah get bored and when I get bored I just get into trouble so it's, it's better for me to just not do that well, and also you know depending on it, it cannot be very fulfilling you know I personally did, didn't find it very fulfilling and that's kind of how why I knew I had to just just chase this down um anyway so yeah I, ju I just found out who her reps were and a few other people that I looked up to and I I basically I basically stalked Jim Burke as um, the founder of UTA. That's amazing. <laughs> For ages until... On like Instagram or LinkedIn or what were you doing? Dude, everything. Like, I respect that hustle. I love yeah. it. Let's talk about this. <laughs> I don't know if I should talk about it. Me and Jim laugh about it now, but at the time it was quite intense. Dude, you got to be your advocate, man. No shame. I just had to and he didn't reply to my emails or my phone calls obviously because hello who am I yeah yeah and so I just packed a bag and turned up to his house <laughs> <laughs> dude I am clapping for that one that is amazing I bet a man is just like stop just don't tell that story <laughs> yeah it's okay it's awesome man that's what you got to do you know I mean no, obviously, no, you, you know, I mean, I'm not advocating that everyone show up to someone's house, but I, I get it, you know, and, and, and it's incredible that you did that. And, and was it, you know, you mentioned, you know, there was some nerves, but was it tough, you know, leaving your family behind and, and coming here and flying blind, not knowing how it was going to go? I mean, that's so badass. Wallace, like, fucking, I'm so proud of you, dude. And I'm just meeting you. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, it was tough. I I had never planned to kind of live in LA though or, or be here for an extended period of time, but all that stuff just started happening once I was booking Americans like roles. But 
but yeah, it was. And I, I didn't really have much um, like money to work with. Like I don't, you know, I'm not uh, like privileged in the financial sense uh, where my parents could be like, here, we'll just like get you an yeah. Airbnb and pay for you to go to LA. So I really was running on kind of everything that I had. And I think when you're, I think when you're in that place, you don't, you don't have, like you do have a lot to lose, but you also don't in a way. And that's why I was so open to taking risks. Cause yeah. I was like, what was the worst that can happen? I can just be where I am now, right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> With a restraining order from Jim. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it could be worse. <laughs> could be Ryan Gosling or, you know, it could be Angelina Jolie. <laughs> <laughs> once, once you got him and, you know, was there a plan? Like, you know, because like, obviously we just kind of touched on it. American entertainment's so different. Those femme fatales and, and, and the more, you know, I obviously I'm sure you, I, I think would agree that there's still work to be done for the female roles in yeah. worldwide and in America, but we're getting to a better place. Where did you have a dialogue about, you know, the things that you were interested in and the, and the shows that you liked? Yeah, we did. So I, it was actually crazy because he wouldn't have a meeting with me. So he put me through another agent first. And I a went- A junior to, agent there? Yeah, yeah, a junior agent there um, at the time. And um, and he did kind of take, he took a 20 minute meeting with me in his living room. Um, I was like, hello. And, um, and he was like, all right. He was like, I like you, but I don't, I don't have the time to really get to know you. So I'm going to arrange for you to have a meeting at UTA and da so I finally went up to have my meeting at UTA and it was really funny because when I got to reception, I was like, I have a meeting with Canada. And they were like, no, you don't, Wallace. And you don't have a meeting with Jim, so go away. I was like, no, I really Wait, do. what? That's crazy. Because <laughs> well, I've been there being like, I have a meeting with Jim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, oh, right on Santa Monica <laughs> Boulevard. I, I know it well. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I had this meeting and and they were just like, who's your favorite actor? Who's your favorite actress? Who, what's your favorite TV show they've been in? What's your favorite movie they've done? And they asked me these quick fire questions. And I don't think they expected me to be like, Brian Cranston, like, like, Brian Cranston, like, Angelina Jolie, like, yeah. like, all this stuff. And I, I just fired it back. And like, your favorite director, like, everything. I just knew all the answers. And I, it wasn't even prep. Like, I just, I knew where I was at and what I wanted. And I think, I think they were just kind of maybe, I, I don't know, like, just touched on that. But it still took them nine months to, to sign me because they wanted me to go away, work on my American accent, like all this stuff. So they like hip pocketed you is the term? Yeah, they were like, yeah, they were like, listen, we, we, I was only like 18, I think, or maybe, maybe younger, I can't remember. Yeah. Um, they were just like, uh, we need a certain amount of people to sign up on this. And right now we don't have that amount. So go away, uh, send this site, keep us posted. We want you to do this and that and that. And I did everything they asked me to. And then I remember I sent them and they were occasionally sending me auditions and like we kind of had that relationship. And then I remember I did a tape for them and I sent it over in an American dialect about nine months after I'd been there. And um, my agent now, Jordan, he rang me up and he was like, hey, and I was like, oh, I was like, hello. And he was like, I remember, I think 14 people had to sign off on it or something. This was like eight years ago. And he was like, he was like, you got 14, baby. And I was like, wait, what? And I just started crying because it had been such like- Oh, friend. that touched um, my heart. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> can you can you, can you you say what the tape was for? Oh my goodness. I really can't remember. 
Um, it's all good. I love it anyway. Well, you know, for the, for the international actors listening, talk to me. What did you do? Did you did you work with a dialect coach? Did you watch American content? Like what would you know? Because dialect coaches are so expensive. What was your process for developing the American accent? Yeah, dialect coaches are expensive. I find most things in this industry are expensive, but I've made a very I've made a very valid point of always trying to invest back in myself. Yeah. Although it's a hit, it's a hit that I take because I quite often feel like that hit pays off in the yeah. long run. Um, so yeah, I have a dialect coach in the UK and a dialect coach here that I work with regularly. And even on Batwoman, um, we went through, you know, everything together because I just, and we go through stuff even before like ADR, just because I feel like it's just such an important, when I, when I see actors that, and I, you know, I don't want this to come across badly, but when I see actors that don't, that don't, or haven't worked on their dialect, if for me, I'm just like, it just comes across lazy. Yeah, I, I was going to say so lazy. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm not, you know, I don't want to, but yeah. No, it's okay. I totally, I totally respect that. And then, you know, I'm curious, were you still with an agent in the UK and getting auditions there simultaneously while in LA or did you just focus on America? No, I, I was still with my agent in the UK, but my agent was a, t- a child agent. Cause like I said, I was a teenager. Um, so UTA were like, no, we need to change that. And set me up with some meetings with proper agencies, like adult agencies and I signed with um, Hamilton Hodel, my agent there. And oh, wow. had like this, this dream team ever since. It's been about seven or eight years now. So I feel very fortunate. Crushing the game. That's awesome. And, and what was, you know, what was helping you choose the work that, was, that you were getting, you know, where, where yeah, you... <laughs> yeah, you were taking what comes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, now you're going to be choosing because you're a superstar. But that's awesome. Talk, you know I, I, I'm glad you said that because something I, I love talking to actors about is like getting great writing in this business is so rare. It's, oh it's, it's shocking. <laughs> it comes, it comes once in a lifetime, but the testament to great actors and actresses, which you are is, is making shit writing great and bringing truth to it because that's, you know, nobody gets handed a clockwork orange, you know, you get handed like, you know, some like DIY, I don't even, you know, I don't want to name anyone, but you know what I mean? And and then, okay, how do, how do I bring truth to this? <laughs> uh, no, you're right. And I think, I think an actor's job is to just make the words come to life. You know, that, that's, you know, it's, it's to bring the words off the page and make a character come to life at the end of the day. That's, you know, we're not, we're not like directly saving lives here, but like, it is a hard thing to do. And I think, when the writing's good, it makes it so easy. And it, and that's all you have. All you have of your character is words until yeah. you then go and you adapt that and you bring that to life. And and it can be hard if the writing isn't great, you know? What about the Royals? You know, that was a long stint you did on that. Was that a good experience for you? Yeah, it was actually. You know what? It was actually one of the only comedy roles I've done. And um, she she was a fun character and the cast were great with that and honestly it was kind of just like a summer job like I did it for three months of the summer like yeah I did it for three months over summer for the last for I think two or three summers sorry my dog wait do you have a Sheba 
I do. Guy, guy. Literally, my dog is right here. I have a Shiba. No way. Yeah, guy, come here. Guy. What is? Guy. Come here. Come here. I'm going to have to turn it so you can see him. Oh, my God. Oh, I know. Oh, my God. He's so cute. Guy. Guy, say hello. Guy. It's just like Arlo. I know. We're going to have to have a, a dog hang in LA. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. Sorry, everyone. Sorry. Shiba, Shiba love. But that's awesome. Um, so yeah. you, you did that for three summers, you said? I think it was three summers. Yeah, it was great because it was just, again, it was in London. So I could still hang with my friends over summer and see my family. Um, it wasn't too full on because it was a studio show. And uh, the character was just so much fun to play. And I actually got a lot of input with Angie. Like it, it was so great to play her. Um, and yeah, it was just, it was just a really good time, like period of my life with like my career. I just really enjoyed it. That's amazing. It's so rare to get get to say that. And then did that lead into Krypton? You know, was that the the next big thing that you did a stint on? You know what? It's it's so crazy because just before I booked the Royals, I I hadn't worked for I hadn't worked since Jekyll and Hyde, I don't think. So it had been wow. about a year, which as an actor is terrifying. Yeah. How did you buoy yourself during that time? I was just trying to channel my energy in the most positive ways that I could. You know, obviously as as actors, well, you know, I can only speak on behalf of being an actor. I don't know for anyone else, but like we are such deep beings that if we don't channel our energy in like a positive way, then I feel like it's quite easy to let the <laughs> devil take over. <laughs> yeah. like like, Why do you think I got a podcast? <laughs> I love that. We've all been there. But yeah, I just, well, I got to this point where I had, um, I just had a moment where I had very long hair. It was down to my hips. It was long and blonde. And I got to this point where I felt like it didn't um, represent my uh, mental identity anymore. And everyone had been like, but that's who you are. You're the girl next door and you have this amazing long blonde hair and gorgeous and da da da. And I was just like, yeah, that's great. But I don't, I feel like, fraudulent about like yeah exactly yeah. I just feel like me and my agent's probably gonna hate me for saying this but like um I said to him I want to cut it I just want to cut it all up yeah like, oh, you dare. you're gonna change the kind of roles you're going up for blah 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 I won't say which one it was but yeah it was one of them and um and I was like fine I won't so like I tinkered with the idea for months and then I just one day I was just like do you know what fuck it I have to do I have to just be you know stay true to you man exactly what else do you have if if you can't do that you know that's what I mean and it was yeah big thing especially you know I think I was 20 at the time and like hair for you know a 20 year old can be such an important part of their identity yeah um, and their femininity but I did it and I remember I sent I sent him a picture and he was like we need to talk like we need to have a chat because I you know you've, you've kind of gone against the grain and the stuff that we're putting you up for and da 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 and I was just like oh fuck but I was like okay if that's what it took because I had to do this for me yeah um, and I had three more auditions that week and um one was for Starcross Lovers on TNT one was for was, was it TNT or Stars Stars sorry Stars yeah um, yeah one was for the Royals um and one was for Krypton um and I had three auditions that week sorry <laughs> the doors are open oh it's okay um and I remember my agent 
was like, I'm going to have to pull you out of all these auditions. And I was like, no, no, just let me go. Yeah. He was like, okay, fine, whatever. And I went to all three of those auditions and with this new short hair and I booked every job and I hadn't worked for a year. That's incredible. <laughs> I'm waiting for that right now. I need something like that to happen. <laughs> well, I wish I couldn't believe it. And, and yeah. he couldn't either. He was like, what the fuck? But I just... I, it must have just been like this fresh energy that I had now yeah. that I finally felt like my look could caught up to who I was. And um, that and must it, have felt so good for you, validating that, like, yeah, I stayed true to myself and, and, and look, it paid off. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like, you have to trust your intuition. And I, and I feel like I've always been someone who does that. But like, it, it, I was terrified at that point in my life. I thought I was about to lose my agents and all this stuff. And it just came at the perfect time. And we, yeah, it was like one of the only moments in my life where we were turning, you know, jobs down because we couldn't do them all at once. And it was yeah. just, yeah. And how were you able to pull off all three, you know? Yeah, well, we didn't. We turned, and I actually got a job the following week as well. And we ended up doing three out of four. I wow. don't know how we did that. I was filming two things. I filmed both Krypton and Will at the same time. No, how did you stamina-wise do that? Like to uh, live in two different characters? Like was that... Was that really tough for you or was it thrilling? It, I feel like it'd be one way or the other. It was great. I loved it. The travel, because they were both shot in two different countries, the traveling was quite hard, but both productions, you know, I think it was Warner and Lionsgate were amazing and in constant communication. And it just made it, you know, it was really easy for me. Like it was not easy, sorry, but like the transition was quite seamless. And although it was hard work, it was only for a short period of time. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I loved it. I want my life to be like that. And it's going to be, I promise. And, and you know, I mean, obviously we're going to talk about Batwoman before Infinite, but talk to me about Krypton because that was, that was your first foray into like the comic book intellectual property world, right? Correct. And how was that experience, you know, living in dialogue that's so bizarre and, and, and effects that are going to come in after, you know, was that an adjustment or was it, was it a lot of fun? Yeah, it was a huge adjustment because I'd never done a show that big before um, that had so much financial backing. And yeah, so, no penny ex- is spared. <laughs> yeah, but also had so much of a fan base already because we had all the, all the super, Superman fans. Yeah. Superman, <laughs> Superman fans. Um, I guess maybe they would be Superman if it was plural. I don't know. Um, yeah. <laughs> Superman? No, super. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Oh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was just, it was like something I had never done before because it had, it came with such a legacy. Um, and it was just such a great experience. It was on a bigger scale than anything I'd ever done. And I had my, my role in that, it gets bigger as the seasons go on, but it was the biggest role I'd ever done at that point. And it was, it was just such a, an insight to how I wanted, you know, my career to kind of, to, to be, you know, yeah. just working the time and really kind of connecting with a character, but having enough time to connect yeah. to a character. And, and I, I do want to bring this up because, you know, obviously it's important. You're, you're a writer as well, right? <laughs> I am, yeah. Talk to me about that. Was that something that was always you know, something you were doing throughout your life or did that just kind of one day, you know, or maybe during that year, you know, like we said, you got to channel it into something. Where did that begin to to take root? 
Yeah, I think I actually arguably would say that I was writing before I was acting. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I used to write at night in my bedroom. <laughs> Journal style? Yeah, like every style, like yeah. story, writing, journal, like my parents thought I was going to be a journalist, just everything. And I actually remember my parents used to have to come in my room and unscrew the bulb in my lamp because I wouldn't, I wouldn't sleep. I would just be up all night writing. I had so many ideas. Um, and then I had the opportunity through my school, they picked a few of us to get some work published in the UK. Um, That's that- so rad. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Um, and then I actually took um, a project that I had done to Warner Brothers in 2016. The script that I'd written, it, well, it was actually um, a novel that I'd written. It was 63,000 words. Um, but I wanted to turn it into uh, a screenplay. And I had a meeting with um, the two heads of Rat Pack at the time um, at Warner and uh, they read it and they loved it. And they asked me if I could write it as a script and turn it into a screenplay. And I went away and I, I had six months to do it. But at that time I, I booked uh, Jekyll and Hyde in Jekyll and Hyde. So yeah. my schedule was so full on and I just, I couldn't do it within that time frame. Um, did, they, did they buy it or do you still own it? I still, I still own it. Awesome. I, I know it's great. Let's get it made, dude. Let me know if you got any moderately attractive parts for me. <laughs> well, funnily enough, in the, during the pandemic, um, I'd actually started getting a crew together to make it as a short first. Yeah. Proof of um, concept. Great idea. Yeah. Like just a budget. And we, you know, we'd started doing that, but then I, I booked a film just before, um, Batwoman. So again, it, it took me. It's weird, isn't it? Because you have all this time, and the second you devote yourself to it like all goes away, project, you suddenly get whisked away. Yeah. Well, <laughs> talk to me about Batwoman. You know, I mean, did did you know of the first season of the show? You know, I mean, you, you probably must have having you know auditioned for so many things. I I, I can imagine that first season maybe came your way. <laughs> um, I did know about it. Yeah. Um, I actually watched it because I had some friends in it. So I did watch the first season and, and I really enjoyed it. And yeah. I was like, wow, that role is so cool. Like, yeah. you know, we'd be so lucky to to have that opportunity. Um, and I remember thinking like, I hope one day I can do that and have such a cool opportunity. Um, and also just to play like a character like Kate Kane is yeah. such an iconic character in the comic book, his like legacy. Um, and I, but obviously I never, <laughs> never expected to have that role. I, I was just hoping for something similar. Totally. And yeah. it, when that came your way, you know, like talk to me about, you know, they, they have to redevelop or, you know, recast a character that exists, but with like a new iteration, you know, is it, was it something you really thought about? Because like at some, you have to kind of read, bring back what this one person did, but simultaneously make it your own. Was that really tough to balance? No, I I spoke with Caroline, the showrunner beforehand. um, And I've played a recast character before. And I tried to play her like the previous actress had played her before me. And I didn't enjoy it because I hadn't, hadn't made the character choices. And so I just had a frank conversation with Caroline and said that I didn't want to, I didn't want to just copy what someone had already done. And I wanted to make Kate my own. And she completely agreed with me. She told me to kind of disregard everything that I'd seen of Kate 
from season one and to just do my own research and and I read I read season one as well because I wanted to I wanted to really pick the words from the page that that I could turn into something you know um and and it gave me the chance to make Kate my own and you know I actually was speaking uh, with Caroline the showrunner this morning and she she's really happy with what we did with Kate and I'm just so happy to have that opportunity for someone to just go here are the reins I trust you yeah what you believe is right for this character and and they did they were amazing and I loved every second of it that's so awesome. And, and from what I've seen, it's so great. I mean, is it cool getting to be in this like high budget action, badass, you know, like, is that everything you dreamed of and, and more? Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. I'm not going to uh, lie. Dude, I, I love watching you kick ass, man. You're going to be, you're, you're going to be bigger than Angelina. I'm predicting it now. It's going to be so great. I said it here first. So when that happens, come back. <laughs> but, very kind of you you you, you just finished filming how how was that yeah I wrapped a few days ago it's it the last stuff that I was filming was um it it was amazing because me and Rach who plays Alice my twin we really got to delve into you know the twin dynamics and the twin relationship and I think the fans are gonna really love the stuff that we've done um with Kate and Alice and they were emotional scenes for both of us because, yeah. you know, they're important characters to us and that chemistry and that relationship is kind of what the whole, you know, is kind of what the show's based on, that the twin, the hero and the villain um, dynamics. And we really wanted to get that right. So I think the, my final few days on set, I don't know how much I can say, but like we we got to do some like fight stunt scenes and then for, like falling off a bridge and some underwater shoot. Wow. That, and, like, it was all just amazing. And there's some really touching um, elements in there and moments between Alice and Kate that, that we just both really enjoyed. Was it difficult for you doing this during a pandemic, you know, with like all the protocols in place? Did, you know, a show that requires so much action, was it, was that really difficult to pull off? You know what, you kind of get used to it because it's, it's, we, we did three tests a week. Um, Wow. Yeah, but but it takes what twenty seconds, and it's mostly on set. Yeah, and do it in between shots, you know, when they're uh, you know setting up for another shot or whatever, and it was fine, and you get used to it. I think the only the only L would be like when they would have to come to your house on a Sunday night if if you know I have a kissing scene. Ah, uh, it tests you again. Yeah, moment or whatever. Like yeah. if they have to do an extra test and come to your house, that's kind of the only bummer. But you know. It's not really, is it, for what you're doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's amazing. I can't wait to see it. Congrats on unwrapping. And, and let's talk about Infinite. Yeah. I filmed that so long ago. <laughs> how, how, I mean, that's the thing that sucks about being an actor is you, you shoot something and then, like, it's anywhere from six months to five years it comes out. You know, like, talk to me about, you know, working with Antoine and, and doing that. Speaking of no spence, exp- you know, spared. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. It, you know, it was ama- it was such an amazing opportunity. And Antoine's great. He actually told me that I got the role in the audition. Um, yeah. And I, I was like, I've heard this so many times. I was just like, oh, seriously, dude. like, whatever. Don't both smoke up my ass, dude. Yeah. <laughs> honestly walked out and I was just like oh, whatever like yeah and then my agent called me and was like yeah so uh apparently you got the role and he's already told you and I was like wait <laughs> he was being serious wait 
<laughs> but um, but yeah, I went in. I went in for I think it was my second audition or a callback or something, and I went in and I'd done like a lot of research on the character, and he was like. Are you gonna work hard? And I was like, Yes, sir, I am. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, And can you bring that American accent to set? And I was like, Yes. And and all this stuff. And he was like, All right, if you promise me you'll work hard, and he was like, The job's yours, kid, or whatever. And I was like, oh, It was a real like Steve Spielberg like wow. ET. I was like, Wait, what? <laughs> and, and was it a was it a blast to shoot? Yeah, it was amazing. If anything, like I wish the shoot had been longer because. I mean, movies are kind of typically, they have more time anyway, but I just, you know, the cast were great and it was a great opportunity. Most of my scenes were with Chiwetel, who is just such a dreamboat, yeah. such a giving actor to to work with. Um, and yeah, I wish we could do a second one. Oh, <laughs> uh, knocking on wood, it will happen. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's awesome. Well, you know, I, I, I'm I'm so inspired by you and everything that you're doing, and I I just know so many amazing things are in store for you, and you're going to be just kicking ass and taking names, and I'm going to literally be watching it, and we'll have to have a Sheba hang in LA. Few 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 final questions for you. Um, you know, if you could go back to the young Wallace that was wide eyed and and had dreams and don't have parents that were in the business, like a lot of people listening right now, any, any words of wisdom you would have? Um, yeah, I think, I think trust your gut and just always follow your instincts because I think, I think you kind of do that as a kid. And then I think when you become a teen, it's very easy to lose that and lose yeah. confidence in yourself. But I, I think you always keep like that 1% or that tiny bit. And I think when you act on that 1%, you can really defy, you know, what you believe are your limitations. And actually, I think it's really important to like instill that into young people and just remember that we can do anything that we set our minds to and there is no limit. Yeah. I wish I'd, I wish in a way I'd remembered that sooner than I did because I definitely lost that for a little while. But you found it back and, and that's all that matters. And and mm-hmm. final question, you know, I mean, I know you were working, but it's been a very difficult 16 months for the world. And, and uh, you know, there's a lot of actors aren't working and, and, and other people just not working. What's kept you inspired? Other creative outlets, instruments. Yeah, yeah like a lot of music. I've been doing a lot of songwriting. Um you know, a lot of writing anyway. Like I said, she working on that short, uh, just doing all the research that I possibly can and just honestly trying to better myself as an artist and playing piano and guitar and just picking up, just, you know, I think just trying to, like I said to you, I'm a student of the universe and I love learning new things. So I yeah. think keeping your mind active and healthy um, in as many ways as you can possibly stimulate it. I love that. Well, yeah, also just to say on that note, it's not always easy to do that. And I think it's also important to be transparent and say that over the last 16 months, it hasn't just been an easy ride. There have yeah. been ups and downs. And I have definitely had moments of, you know, like real, real lows. And I feel yeah. very blessed and very lucky to have the opportunity to do Batwoman and be working again. Yeah. 
Well, you deserved it. And I'm so proud of you. And Wall State, thank you for coming on on the 150th episode. I mean, it means so much to me. History is being made here because we're, we're going to have you back and, and I'm going to be begging you for roles. <laughs> yeah. That you are hosting. I love it. And, and uh, well, you, me, Marcus, and Will and Sterling will have to have a dog hang in LA. I would love that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm concerned for ages. Yeah, I would love that. Ryan, thank you so much for having me. And again, congratulations on 150. That's amazing. Good thank you. you for coming on. I got so much love for you. And, and I'm going to say to be continued. I love it. I'll All see right. You. Rock and roll. <laughs> If you like the show, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening.